Welcome to Bachelor Theory. My name is Julia Delois, and who boy, I am feeling like those girls on the group date right now. Know why? I feel like I'm I'm scooping shit, just like they were scooping shit in the friggin' goat pen or whatever the hell. This doing this podcast feels like scooping shit. Doesn't it feel like we're kind of wading through that? Here's what happens. All this, every episode is full of so much bad stuff. I'm scooping through all this shit. Then once in a while, something, you know, good happens. There's sweet stuff. There's good stuff happening. That stuff happens. There's no fun to talk about. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. It's only fun to talk shit. Um, talk shit, scooping shit. I don't know, you guys. This season has got me warped. Uh, what is it? What's the deal? I, uh, maybe, you know, maybe going into the second season of the show where we're in a pandemic, maybe going into, you know, we're coming up on the year anniversary of being in the pandemic. I don't know if my, like, if I'm setting my needs really high, like I really need something that this show cannot give me. Um, I'm really, really yearning, really reaching for something. So maybe it's unfair to pin that all on The Bachelor, but I do, I do. Um, every Monday night I do, and every Monday night at 9.10, I'm sitting here hooting and hollering at you, um, at nobody, but at you, and I'm feeling it. It's taking a toll. Um, okay, all right, we're gonna, we're doing, uh, we're doing the podcast. We're doing the podcast. Once again, we're doing the fucking, we're watching the show, we're doing the podcast. Okay. Uh, so right away we get into it and we know, we get all the indications that there's going to be, you know, the divisiveness. We know that early, right? It's clear from the first shots where we're seeing these two duos walking on the green, green, is that a golf course? I can't remember. But we've got Victoria and Kit walking together, Brittany and Ryan, two of the new girls. So immediately we're jumping, we're picking like right back up where we left off with the animosity between the OGs, still using this term, uh, and and the new girls. So we know it's going to get ugly, and get ugly it does. So with the rose ceremony looming, um, the two worst ones of the bunch really have to like gather together, rally the troops, hype each other up. Um, really amazing moment here when we got MJ saying to Anna, you did the right thing. <laughs> Like, we all didn't watch that fucking episode last week. Uh, and look, you guys, I just keep getting writer and writer about MJ. It's hard not to gloat at this point. The energy is just so fucking bad. She's throwing out, like, threats left and right. If new girls come in tonight and want to get to the front of the line, like, that's not going to sit right with her. Um, man, she might be getting an edit, but, uh, it, it really is. They don't have to do much. They don't have to do much. The energy sucks. Um, so MJ and Anna are hyping each other up. They've done nothing wrong. Uh, and, and Matt enters the cocktail party to, again, no fanfare. Very low energy entrances, uh, from him. We get a nice stern talking to from, coach matt um you know and he's he's not okay with what's been going on with the bullying and the harassment he says if you have to belittle people to make yourself shine i'm not looking for that in my life which you know is yeah yeah look again it's that thing where like the lead 
then has to, you know, they got to be the babysitters. They've got to be like the, um, the mediators of the drama. It's a really weird position for them to be in. So, I, you know, I feel for Matt. I think he's, he's well-intentioned, um, you know, not looking for this toxicity, but unfortunately he really is, uh, playing right into the hands and and how could he not these women were outmatched with him from the very beginning right like matt was not going to stand a chance again these women are chaotic okay we've got a chaotic bunch here um and and you know sweet sweet one note matt um just he was he was never gonna he was never gonna be a contender for these women so immediately there is panic and speculation about who told him of course Katie is starting to squirm in her seat and then we kind of get like these floodgates opening from Anna she is like pouring out an apology to these cameras all of a sudden she realized what she said like a moment after she said it she's really embarrassed she made a mistake it's like yeah 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 girl you made a mistake right once again, MJ just really pepping up Anna, giving her an old pep talk. She said, this is not a toxic environment. Uh, again, as if we haven't been watching <laughs> them make it a clearly toxic environment. And she says Anna should go talk to him to clear it up. Uh, so Anna is tearful as she, you know, she's very anxious as she goes to pull Matt. She says, the guy I gave up my life for has an opinion of me that's not even accurate. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird to give up your life for someone that you don't know. Also, what were you doing instead? I don't know. That, uh, that struck me as a weird way to say that. And of course, it's accurate. I mean, girl, you, you, you did it, right? So, um, but we did get this. I mean, I was... Uh, I don't know. I like at first I really wanted to believe her. I really wanted to believe her. I thought that uh, if that was a genuine apology, what a nice moment to like actually see people reckoning with the things that they said the night before or in the days prior. I, I really wanted to believe her. And, and, you know, of course, there's the um, the convenience claim. So, you know, people start you know, cutting in with their with their theories that these apologies are fake, they're very convenient, it's just to save their own, these women are just saving their own asses because there's a rose ceremony coming up, Kit has apologized, um, Serena P has said we were oblivious to, you know, that you were going through this, apologies left and right, uh, even Victoria apologizing to Brittany, and yeah, once I saw once I saw Anna's apology paired with the other ones, it did start to paint a picture. But I don't know if I'm just a sucker, but I, I wanted to I wanted to believe her when it just it's part of it seemed genuine to me. Someone actually like realizing that they made a mistake. And another thing is like an apology can be at a convenient time and also be true, right? Like we can certainly hold the space for nuance of like like it could be both right it can be both um so who knows who knows what the pie chart of truth and untruth is in anna or anyone's apology uh tonight but we got what we got 
Um, and in the midst of that, another accusation uh, rises to the surface. So Ryan tells Matt that she, um, you know, of all the women, she's really expressing concern about Victoria. And Victoria has said a really nasty thing to her and it's because she's a dancer she's a hoe and ryan gets pretty emotional when she's telling matt this stuff which makes sense that's a really loaded awful hurtful word um and to wield that against somebody it's really just in line with you know the slut shaming that we saw set up last week like this stuff is at home in the bachelor universe far too often um but this is a pretty um atrocious example and it wasn't clear to me um when ryan first told matt this i wasn't sure i thought maybe when she said dancer did she mean stripper and upon further research it doesn't appear that way i think she's a dancer and choreographer of some kind um but I mean really it doesn't yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter I thought that we were kind of going down another sort of like sex work shame hole and uh the truth is not that much better so um that sucks all around and and Matt you know he he gets sucked into this probably rightly so he's upset with Victoria um now like I said he really is ill-equipped to deal with the drama among these very, very dramatic women. Uh, but I was kind of thinking, like, I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing that he he does get sucked in so easily. Maybe it's a good thing that he's such a pawn because if he if he didn't get sucked in, like, what what would we be watching? You know, like, I'm not a fan of these, um, you know, low energy youth hockey coach pep talks. He's given these girls like little lectures about shit talking but really I mean what else would it be so Victoria and Matt sit down to talk about this and Victoria starts in right she just starts talking she wants to get out ahead of this thing uh but Matt's not gonna let her you know um and he really does make her uh reckon with what she said she says (laughs) <laughs> when when confronted with the claim about Ryan being a dancer and therefore being a hoe, she said that was taken out of context. And Matt had probably the best line we've ever heard him say, which was, what context would calling somebody a hoe be okay in? And that's a sharpness and a quickness that I would have really, I would have loved to see it four episodes ago, three episodes, I would have loved to see it in all the episodes. Can we get that all the time? That was, I mean, that was really the most interesting thing I think he's said all season, maybe, you know? So, um, kind of rough. And, you know, this whole conversation, we're sitting there, I imagine you guys feel the same way, but it's like you're sitting there watching Victoria and Matt have this conversation, and it's almost, I mean, I'm like watching, and I'm like, I can't even like fully buy into this, right? Because we don't really think that Victoria has bought into it fully herself. So at this point, like I, I, you know, I just like wasn't finding it super interesting or compelling. Like even the over the top stuff that she says, I just couldn't uh, fully, I couldn't even fully be upset by it because it just feels like she's not even all the way in it, you know? Um, and so, of course, you know, Chris ends the cocktail party. Victoria is stomping around the hotel, 
she heads into the bathroom and she I mean she's giving these like these confessionals to her um she's she's taking these side moments to try to have conversations with her producer but usually when they do that and they're like actually trying to be secretive you know you kind of get like the whispers or the low you know they're speaking in low voices but she's like leaning into her producer's ear but talking at full volume you know so it really it makes you feel like she wants that to be picked up um you know and of course she has the line okay this is I'm, I want to start a new segment on this podcast, actually. Um, and it's it's the uh, it's the stuff that I feel like they want me to talk about that I don't want to talk about. So it's this it's the stuff that I feel like, you know, is going to be the headline is going to be some of the headlines from the episode. But I don't really care about. So like her yelling about I'm the best one to be his wife. I'm the best option for him. Um, and saying all that stuff about how she was so obviously better than these other women and calling them disgusting and all this stuff. I, I, yeah, I know that we're supposed to like be, oh, we're supposed to be eating that up. And trust me, I eat up this show, whether I, I fucking like it or not, but not moments like this. Don't shove it down my throat. I want to choose the moments that I, you know, get really outraged and, and fired up over. You guys are like, uh, every moment of the show you get fired up about something. You hate this entire show, probably. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do. Um, but yeah, her yelling, I'm the best one to be his wife. Oh, they want me to talk about that. So I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> and now that I've explained that segment to you, I can I can actually not talk about the things uh, in future episodes. But obviously I had to talk about it so I could tell you about it. Um, okay. So Victoria, I mean, she's getting the edit, right? Uh, she, oh, she lists off her qualities. She lists off her qualities. She describes herself as hardworking, genuine, not fake, so loyal. No one's more loyal than her. Um, this does, you know, I this does seem like a Capricorn uh, describing themselves. Not not describing a Capricorn necessarily, but certainly a Capricorn describing themselves um and you know hardworking. we don't really know anything about her her work ethic from this show we don't know any job i mean she's just her her job title on the chiron is uh queen so we don't know anything about her work ethic but the other things genuine not fake so loyal i mean it's almost startling Right? Like we, those things we have seen her be so brazenly the opposite. It's kind of ludicrous. It's ludicrous to hear her describe herself that way. Sometimes when people are so unself aware, like, like miles beyond any chance of like recognizing, like when people are that far gone, that unself aware kind of scares me because I feel like it like frightens me into thinking like what if that's me like what if I what if I am a certain way and I'm so far in it and so oblivious to it and I'm like that atrocious um (laughs) that 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 people think that about me that people think like I can't believe you uh you think something about yourself that is so false like what if my whole perception of myself what if everything I know about myself is totally not true and I'm actually 
the fucking worst. Um, it's possible. I'm. It's possible. I'm not ruling out the possibility. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. So. Okay. Lauren, Catalina, Mari, and Victoria are eliminated. Of course she is. Of course she is. Did we all not know it? We did. Um, and she's got some choice words on her way out. We're supposed to be shocked that she doesn't hug Matt, but really, who cares? Um, she's gone. And we're, we're closing the Victoria chapter. Um, it's been a long, bad one, and I hope... I hope there's better days ahead. We really don't know what's ahead, do we? Sometimes we get like these, you know, these dramatic moments in previews that we know we kind of like get to look for, uh, look forward to all season long. We got the fence jump with Colton, you know? It's like every passing episode, even if it was like a little bit boring, it was still like, hey, but we got that one episode closer to fence jump, right? We don't have a fence jump this season. We don't know what we're looking forward to. So... In, in one sense, I'm like, it's like, okay, I'm relieved. Victoria's gone, onward and upward, better stuff. But it's like, that could be, I mean, that could be the best of it. You know, that might be, we might be on the other side of it. There might not be much between, between here and a potential engagement. So I don't know what we're hanging on for. Um, yeah, uh, who knows? Okay, so the next day, it's, pretty dreary Chris Harrison drops off the date card and it goes to Rachel um then this like little butler guy wearing all black and some white gloves little Mickey Mouse looking ass comes in to get Rachel and uh you know escort her to um the date a little Charlie Chaplin bitch little Michael Jackson weird okay um <laughs> then we get my favorite line of the episode on the way to Rachel's date, she said um, the fear, she's talking about nerves, about not knowing what they're going to do. She says the fear is literally eating me alive. Um, just going to leave that there. I, I, I love it. I love it. It's literally eating her. Okay. Uh, now, when she meets Matt, he uh, is very happy to see her. She looks gorgeous. He tells her they're going to have so much fun. He said, I'm going to spoil you. And when he says, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when he says, if you know, if you if you know to look for it, you can see it. But he says, I'm going to spoil you. And Rachel's eyes just sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. She's got that twinkle in her eye that tells me, this bitch knows she got the clothes date. In that moment, she fucking knows she got the shopping spree date. And that is winning. Um, if, if you're new to Bachelor Land, maybe you haven't seen this date before. But yes, there is always a shopping spree date. Um, a girl gets to go to a high-end store and try on all these gorgeous outfits and model them. And they get to keep fucking everything. So yes, that is... That's the real winning of the show. Maybe there should be a spinoff that's just contestants competing for a shopping date. Did I just, did I invent a, a, another show? Did I invent a show that already exists? Is that already, are you like, yeah, that's Project Runway. I've never seen Project One, Runway, so I don't know how that works. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so Rachel gets to model all the dresses uh, in this gorgeous store. Of course, everything looks perfect on her um and 
she's feeling it. She's feeling it. She's feeling being the star of the show. Now, when you get to like model something for somebody else, you know, you always do it to your your partners. Maybe if you get a new outfit, don't you love to like be like, want me to try on my you know new bodysuit and then. You come out of the bathroom. It's so fun. So fun. Best feeling ever. Now picture that times like a million because it's a million outfits and they're all new and like made perfectly for you. And it's it's all like the most gorgeous clothing you've ever seen in your life. So she is flying high um, and she gives, she is really falling in it deep with him. She says, I've yet to find one thing I don't love about him. It's like, well, can you please, can you fucking share with us what it is? Because we have no fucking idea what we're about to like about this man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, these women, I mean, they're saying some really nice things about him. And I want to be in that with them. I really do. I want to be there. I want to be feeling that way about Matt. Um, Okay, and then Rachel does my other favorite thing, um, and this usually comes with the shopping spree dates, but it also comes with, you know, like helicopters uh, over like Morocco or, you know, whatever the extravagant date is. But she goes on and on, and she's talking about how much this date means to her and how much it shows how much Matt cares and she said he really showed he cares and he wants to make me happy he like he took me on this whole date of of shopping spree of the shopping spree and it made me feel so special and blah 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 and oh god I love this it's like you know that you know Matt didn't like plan this date you know Matt didn't fund produce or plan like plan this date at all right like this is fully uh producer maybe it's i mean i guess it's coded language for saying like like she's saying he he makes me feel special that he picked me for this right he was handed kind of the itinerary of the date and he got to choose you know which woman to plug into it so maybe when she's saying he made me feel special i mean maybe it's a linguistic sleight of hand and and she means that He's, uh, she's glad that he picked her. But I, I love that. I love the trope of like saying like, I can't believe he planned this plane ride. That just shows how far he'll go to make me happy. It's like, girl, he did not do any of this. You think he's that's going to be <laughs> your life? Man, I love that. Um, okay, so Rachel comes home. She comes back into the, the hotel. All the girls are sitting around, of course. And she comes in with all the shopping bags. Now, you just know when when the shopping bags come in, when they come back with a girl from a date, the other girls are just steamed. I would go home. I would fucking go home. After the shopping bags come in, you know, pack it in, babe. It's it's over. Um, someone already won, and it ain't me. I'm going home. <laughs> That's what I would do. Uh, the shopping spree's over. What are you going to, you're going to get married to Matt? Okay, cool, cool. Have fun with that. <laughs> 51% of marriages end in divorce, but those fucking dresses Rachel has are forever, and she's going to be the same size forever. So suck on that. Um, so even if Rachel doesn't win, you know, she still won. So they get to their nighttime date. It's magic. I mean, her dress, her blue dress, it is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I will say that. 
Um, now, these are two people who I didn't know a single thing about coming into this nighttime date. And also, too, on the other side of it, going out of the nighttime date, um, I continued to not know a single thing about either of these people, um, except for they seemed to be having some kind of feelings for each other, um, which involved the word love. Um I'm, I'm really completely falling in love with you. Whatever the arrangement she chose, she chose one of them. He says it back. The string section is going crazy here. It's like Annie's song by John Denver up in here. Um, and yeah, they're, they're in it, right? He's falling in love with her too. Here's my, here's my take of the episode. I don't think anyone should get married until they're 45 actually i think 45 is um 45 seems perfect right it seems like just the right age that i would trust you to make a decision like that that's um that's a hot take that i i feel like i actually might believe uh 45 seems right to me i'm watching this girl and i'm thinking like man it's no fun to watch a 24 year old fall in love and then i'm like but matt's 29 or 30 whatever it's like, I guess it's not that fun to watch a 29 or 30-year-old fall in love either. The truth is, it's not that much fun to watch anybody fall in love. Unless it's the person that you yourself are falling in love with and it's you that they are falling in love with. Then it's fun to watch someone fall in love opposite you. Um, but really, other than that, it's a, it's a complete no-go for me. Um, so I don't want to watch anybody fall in love, but I, I do think that people should be allowed to once they're 45, right? Um, and, and capable of sort of making wise decisions and thinking through these things. Um, so yeah, okay, so she's got the rose and, and Rachel's journey will continue on. She'll, she'll be able to wear the rest of her gorgeous dresses um, or at least one or two more. So good for her she's she's the winner in my book okay so uh the next day we have a group date now yes earlier we got a group date card sometime in the midst of rachel's date um we got that group date card read and everyone except kit is going kit is on the one-on-one um and the group heads to a very muddy farm I would be pissed. I would be fucking pissed about this um, because uh, it looks it looks like a shitty time, and that is just not my vibe. Um, something I really hate doing when I'm having a bad time is pretending like I'm having a good time, and that is why I can't be on this show. I would show up at a at a shithole date like that. And have a fucking bad attitude um, because that's not a fun thing to do. Um, now, we do get an interesting character, Farmer Todd here, okay? Um, what's the situation with him, huh? Bachelor Nation, do your thing. What do we know about this guy? I want to know about Farmer Todd, y'all. What's his deal, huh? Uh, let's, I mean, let's get a spinoff with him, huh? Farmer Todd, fuck yeah. I'm in. Let's fucking leave this show behind and, and follow Farmer Todd. He um, has a goat named Frenchie. I'll take Frenchie too. Frenchie can be on that, that TV show, that journey. I would watch a show just about the two of them. Um, and it, it might be more interesting than what we're getting now. Now, Frenchie, I like her immediately because 
Frenchie fucking knows that MJ's vibes are terrible. She starts, MJ, you know, makes a big show about stepping up to milk the goat when nobody else will. She wants to, you know, try to try to shine in this group date. And, you know, animals, animals and children, animals know. Um, yeah, that's animals know when when the vibes are bad. So Frenchie throws a fucking fit. Um, Frenchie, you know, I respect it. She wasn't taken in by MJ's cool pizza girl attitude. There's no fool in Frenchie. We stand a queen. Um, okay, there is this weird moment. And, and what all do you think happened here? Uh, Matt starts some kind of, he starts a play fight with MJ, okay? Um, I, I think I missed a moment here. I wasn't clear on exactly what he threw at her, but she throws something back at him and he appears to run away from her in like a play game of chase. But then when she runs after him, um, he is like around the corner making out with Piper in her in the moment confessional. So this is a very bizarre moment. I think, uh, you know, all, all I can guarantee is that, you know, producers definitely set something up uh right this was clearly a producer move but i can't quite figure out what it was um so they've they've got me partially stumped and congrats to them um so good for matt and piper they're making out okay so it's the group date it's nighttime um he pulls chelsea we get a nice connection with chelsea again look this all the good stuff (laughs) When I get to when I get to the bad stuff, I'm mad. When I get to the good stuff, I think it's boring and I don't want to talk about it. Um, okay, so Ch- Chelsea's great. I'm happy she's around. I'm happy she's around. Um, and Abigail too. Uh, and we get the tearjerker segment of the episode with Abigail because she has something important to confide in him, and it's um, it's about the fact that. If both of their goals are to come out of this and have a lasting uh, romance with family involved, that that's a really big consideration for whoever her partner is because there's a very high chance that her children um, would be deaf. And she talks about how her birth dad left her mom uh, and her and her sister after their cochlear implants were put in, which is fucking heartbreaking. Um Oh my God, this one was really, really hard. She's so sweet. God, she's so sweet. Um, I, I love Abigail. We're all Abigail stands in this house and every house, I hope. Uh, so just like such a sweet moment. And Matt, you know, he, he gives his standard like, I can't imagine what that must have been like for you, which is standard for him, standard for the leads. It's sort of a you know, uh, not knowing how to comfort somebody or just sort of a catch-all for for comforting someone in their time of need. But this really, I mean, it really felt like there was, like, connection here. He he lends, he meets her where she's at and is, is vulnerable to her, too, and confides that he knows how this feels because his dad wasn't around either, and he would not want to put his family in that position or or make his children future children feel like that so this was like oh so sweet so sad we love abigail um and and so when he gives her the group date rose that's happy 
that's happy. <laughs> I could only identify the emotions of each segment. And Abigail, uh, that's happy. Of all the girls that he's feeling happy about, of all the girls that's happy right now, um, of all the connections that seem good right now, it does seem a little, and I think I said this last week too, but it's really still seeming like that. Like you can definitely tell which ones he's into and which ones he's not so much. But of the ones he's into, it's really hard to sense any sort of like ranking or, I mean, there's just not a ton of like dynamic connections really just because Matt is kind of like one note across the board. So usually you get someone's kind of unique dynamic with every person and it feels like if I were hard, I just feel hard pressed to to make a call about who might be a front runner or even two or three. It feels like between, you know, Michelle, Abigail, uh, Rachel, Brie, Chelsea, Serena P. Yeah, all of those connections, it just feels like he's like the same amount of into it. If this is what, like, is this what Matt in love looks like? Like, maybe it's, it could be still too soon. Maybe we'll see what Matt in love looks like. But right now, it, yeah, it is sort of flatlining across the board. Um, now we also get um, another another happy one. We get Kit for the one-on-one. Um, Kit is hard, huh? What's the situation? How do we how do we feel? She's a mean girl. It's I, I think it's like gonna be hard to, you know, she's a fashion designer's daughter. Um, She's been clear that she, like, grew up in the spotlight. Uh, It's going to be hard to, like, get, at least me. It's going to be hard to get me on her side. It might be hard to get a lot of people on her side. Uh, And she doesn't do herself any favors when she says lines like, a lot of my life is gold Bentleys and red carpets. Um, And, you know, we started to see some of her when she talks about how her happy place is in the kitchen with her mom and it, it, she really seems to love cooking and that's a real source of love and comfort for her um and I think it was compelling to hear her say like I have lots of love in my life but I haven't found that with a romantic partner I think um yeah we can be too qu- uh, we can be too quick to um you know think of romantic love as the only kind of love that we have in our lives or even when we have the other stuff we're kind of quick to dismiss it in the name of uh romantic love but her nodding to that I think resonated reasonably well with me um and they had a they had a cute date but yeah and and she gets the rose right I'm personally not all in I'm not all out either um yeah she does uh drop a little bit of kitchen wisdom which is that the secret ingredient to chocolate chip cookies is chocolate so do with that what you will um I don't know how you've been making them previously but uh yeah now you know that's what counts uh Matt also says when he goes to restaurants he always orders dessert first can that be right is can I get some intel on this does anybody do research and like can we get a fact check on this that is hard for me to believe right like if somebody did that I mean that would be pretty like jarring 
for a, a, a dinner companion to do that with, right? Like, if, if you were out to dinner with somebody and they ordered dessert first, isn't that a complete disruption of the whole date, the whole night, certainly, but even even really the, the social contract, kind of a, a, a rejection of the world as it spins on its, a- its axis, I, I feel like that can't be right. I feel like that's a buck-wild thing to do, and I don't think that anybody would stand for it. Um, but I, I want to know. I do want to know um, because that's, uh, that's ludicrous quite frankly. Um, but it also is maybe the only interesting thing that we've found out about Matt. So maybe I do hope it's true. Maybe I hope it's true so that we have our, our one thing. Let's hope. Now throughout the nighttime portion, we got these seeds planted earlier on uh, of this blossoming conflict between Jacenia and MJ. Uh, Big bad vibes MJ. Uh, Really gonna lay into this so that you guys know that I was right. Um, And and Jacenia, you know, has told Matt uh, about what MJ has been saying, about how she started the the expressions varsity and JV squad to describe the OG girls uh, versus the new girls. Uh, and we all saw it. She was pretty much uh, leading the charge. And she's really pretty much flat out denying all of these claims. So it's kind of wild to watch her go at that like so steadfastly to Jacenia when it's like we have the receipts, um, which Jacenia does uh, draw on later on when she said, I think he'll find out the truth when this airs, which is something you don't hear them say very often. Now, this is one thing that I love about, if you know me, you know my favorite reality show of all time is Vanderpump Rules. Uh, Vanderpump Rules does a few things really, really, really right. And I think that one of those is when people, they have like a kind of a fun um, editing style. So when people say like, I didn't say that, I love how they do the flashbacks to them like saying it, you know, the day before. Um I think uh, showing the receipts enhances the experience as a viewer. I wish uh, I wish the bachelors would would take on that that little humorous uh, editing tactic. Uh, but you know, what do I know? I want to show about Farmer Todd and Frenchie. Um, okay, so they're going at it, and it. I mean, by this point, like at this point in the episode. I kind of just found myself like tired, right? Like they really asked a lot of us this episode. So to throw this in at the end and the mounting, you know, tension uh, of this one-on-one, we've got them pitted against each other. I just, it's not that I don't buy into it. It's not that I don't want to see this play out. It's just that I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired, y'all. Um, and I so tired that I couldn't even fully enjoy it when MJ kept saying I preach harmony and peace I (laughs) um which I love that because she's acted like such a chaotic such an agent of chaos uh this season so um yeah maybe maybe harmony and pizza what about that huh um okay so MJ's, MJ's mad that her character uh, has been called into question with Matt. I, eh, we always get the character called into question. Um, but hers really is. 
And we get a big old, a big old fashioned cliffhanger. We got to find out. Um, I'm glad that they're giving us this break. Like I said, I'm, yeah, I'm tired. Maybe I'm, I need to rest. I need to go away and rest for one week. Uh, I need to close my eyes for an entire week. And when I open them again, I will be, it will be 7 p.m. Central uh, on Monday night. And I will be ready to watch the rest of this conflict played out. But right now, I am exhausted. I'm warped. This episode truly put me through it. This season has really asked us to go on quite a journey and with a not very compelling uh, uh, lead. So I, I think that MJ's probably going home, um, which again, it's like I feel... It's like, oh, I feel relief. Like, she's bad. She's chaotic. Uh, but then it's like, what what, what happens after that? What happens after MJ? Uh, it just, just good connections? Pfft. You think people tune in for that every week? Hell no. Get a grip. I certainly won't. Um, so, yeah, it feels, like, it feels like we might be scraping the bottom of the barrel. What's going to happen? What's going to happen, you guys? Um... Well, we'll see. There's only one thing to do, right? We're all going to tune in next week to this show that is truly burrowing into our brains with every second we watch of it and, and, and becoming a tumor um, more deadly by the day. But we'll be there because we love it, because our brains are very, very sick. My brain is so sick. You guys, so sick. Okay, okay, I'll see you next week. My name is Julia Delois, and this is Bachelor Theory. 